0: When they found Jesus on the other side of the sea, and now this is Jesus has fed the 5,000, he walked on water, and uh, they come to the other side of the sea to look for him. They said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set a seal. Then they said to him, Well, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now you have to understand the context. This is quite an extraordinary saying. They just saw him multiply loaves and fishes and feed five thousand men plus their family, and now a day, a day or so later, they're saying, "Okay, prove it. You know, show us a sign." I mean, so pretty extraordinary. Uh, and Jesus then said to them, "Truly, I truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven." But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. "'Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. "'Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he is from God. "'He has seen the Father. "'Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. "'I am the bread of life. "'Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. "'Well, this is the bread that comes down from heaven, "'so that one may eat of it and not die. "'I am the living bread that came down from heaven.' If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. May God bless through us this reading from His Holy Word. Wow. Uh, one of my favorite things in the world, actually, is bread. I think everywhere I go, the kind of thing that I want to do, I, I want to find the local bread. I want to give it a shot. Uh, and, and it's really extraordinary how good bread is and how you find it everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and so it's a powerful metaphor that Jesus is using here when he talks about himself. But a lot of things in John, I mean, when we're going through this, this whole series and when we're looking at John, uh, the challenge is that John at times is very difficult to understand. Um, we know that there are four Gospels and God did that intentionally, the Gospels are slightly different, and God did that intentionally. Because if all the Gospels were exactly the same, one, why have four? And two, if all the Gospels were exactly the same, then we wouldn't believe that they were really telling the same story. Because we know everybody has a different perspective, they have a different way of seeing the story, and God wrote through the Gospel writers, through who they were, who he had created them to be, through their humanity, even though fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I kind of imagine with John, excuse me, I'm going to cough here. Sorry about that. I kind of imagine with John, John was the last gospel writer. He was also the last of the apostles to, to, to be alive. He probably survived to the late 90s, uh, maybe as far as 100. We, don't, we wouldn't know that for sure but he was quite old, and uh, I kind of imagine John, he would have known Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He would have known the Gospels. They were in wide circulation at that time, Uh, and so John's sitting there, and he says, you know, these guys are great, and I know what they did, but I, I got some stories to tell about Jesus. I want to tell some of the things that Jesus said, and sometimes some of the things that Jesus did that Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't write about because if they did, people would have thought they were really crazy. You know, because Jesus said some really crazy things like, I am the bread of life. I mean, that that sounds kind of crazy. I mean, he's not made of flour, rice flour, wheat flour, barley flour, anything like that. You know, how, how can you be bread? And so John, the gospel can be rather challenging, but it is very rewarding if we spend a lot of time And look deeply into the text that we're reading. Now, unfortunately, in the time that we normally have on a Thursday, I'm not going to be looking deeply at anything, uh, but I will be looking a little bit at this and reflecting a bit on what Jesus was saying here. Now, we will begin to understand the meaning that Jesus was going after when we begin to understand how the different things he compares himself to throughout. Uh, work in normal life. Particularly in this instance when we're talking about bread. I mean, what is bread? For everybody who has bread, there's a kind of an understanding that bread speaks of the basic staples of life by which we live. You now for every culture that has bread, it's a basic staple in that culture. You add things to bread. Bread is not something you add to something else. Bread is one of those basics that you add. You, know, like you don't say, oh, man, I've got, this, I've got this great sliced beef here. What can I add to this sliced beef to make it really good? Oh, I know. I'll put some bread on it. No, what, what do we say? I've got this bread. What do I want to do with the bread? Huh? What do I have? I've got some ham. I've got some beef. I've got some veggies, you know, for the, those of you who are, who are plant-based diet people. Uh, these days, you know, I, I've got, I've got, I've got this. I'll put it on this, this slice of bread, and I'll make something from it. So it's the basis, it's a foundation, uh, it's an essential that every culture has. The second thing we notice about bread is that every culture has bread. It's a cross-cultural dynamic. There is no culture for which bread, in some way, shape, or form, doesn't apply. Now, some cultures you know, use it less than other cultures, but every culture has bread, and, uh, and so it's a cross-cultural phenomenon. That's why I like going different places and trying their bread. And some of it's flat, some of it's fluffy, uh, some of it's chunky, some of it's dry, some of it's moist, I know, but everybody has bread. It's something that's for every human being. It's something that speaks to people wherever they are. Another dynamic about bread is that bread is symbolic, again, in almost every culture that, that has it, that uses it, bread is symbolic of the good life. When people talk about, wow, I got lots of bread, you know, sometimes in American slang they might be saying, I got lots of money, um, but they're saying, hey, life is good. Hey, let's come come and let's break bread together. You know, what are they saying? Let's Let's have... Let's have fun together. Let's enjoy some time together. You know, people who have lots of bread are people who know that life is good. And if life is tough, what do you say? Oh, man, I don't even have a slice of bread in my cupboard. You know, something, a phrase like that indicates that, well, I'm having a tough time in life. I'm having a tough time living these days. So bread is symbolic uh, of the good life. Another dynamic about bread, every culture will gather around bread for fellowship. Every culture that has bread, it's a sign of, hey, let's get together, let's share bread. And if you share bread together, that is a bond that binds you together very, very closely. You know, in many Native American cultures in the United States, If you share bread with somebody, you're considered part of the family now. It's an opening to be part of that family. And the final dynamic of bread to point out here is that bread is useless unless you eat it. Now, nobody keeps bread on their shelf saying, well, I'm going to save this bread for a rainy day. I mean, we know what happens. We can put it in the freezer but if we leave bread in the freezer too long, it gets freezer burned and nobody wants to eat it. Uh, and if we leave it on the shelf, if we don't use it, and if we don't take it into us, then bread gets moldy, it gets lifeless, it's useless. For people, you can eat bread even if you don't have anything to put on it. But you've got to eat it. You've got to take it inside of you. You've got to do something with it and do something about it for it to have any kind of effect in your life. Now we can begin to see a little bit of what Jesus was pointing us to when he said, I am the bread of life. You know, in one sense, in parallel with these things I've just mentioned, in one sense, he's saying, I am the basic staple of spiritual life. If you want to have real life, If you want to have eternal life, if you want to have life to the full on this planet, as well as what my Father has prepared for you in the future, the only way to live, the only way to get it, the only way to survive into it is by eating me, by consuming me as the bread of life. And I'll get back to that uh, toward the end of what he meant there. So Jesus is the staple, Jesus is the foundation. You can't have spiritual life unless you have Jesus as the foundation, true life as defined by the Bible. You can't have it without Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is, Jesus, He is our life, but we build our life as well on Jesus. Just like you take bread as a foundation, you can build a super sandwich as long as you build it on your bread, in a sense there's so many other things that God has given us in our lives. You know, our jobs, uh, the money that we have, our homes, our cars, our relationships. All of this, all of this is good. You know, Christianity doesn't teach us to renounce all of this stuff. Christianity just teaches us to use it properly. And the way we use it or embrace it properly is on the foundation of Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is also saying that as the bread of life, he is a cross-cultural reality. We're not talking about a Jesus that's just for the Jews, or a Western Jesus, or uh, a Chinese Jesus, or an African Jesus, or a Swedish Jesus. We're not talking about the Jesus that's pictured there, that's kind of white, washed out a little bit. You know, I think Jesus at least got a suntan when we're going to see him. Uh, You know, we're not talking about, you know, an Anglo-Saxon Jesus. We're talking about a Jesus that really, in a sense, embraces all of us from all the different cultures. He provides life for all of us. He's not, he's not light-skinned or dark-skinned in that way. He's not, you know, Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere. He is a Jesus for everybody. He is the Jesus that brings life to all people. You know, and everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Uh, the, the fourth dynamic around Jesus uh, is that, uh, yeah, that well, I, I'd say the second one, I didn't really hit on that as much. The second one is Jesus not only sees the foundation, but he's the foundation for the good life. Uh, kind of, I didn't say that explicitly, uh, but hopefully you got that in terms of what we can build on that. So the fourth thing is that Jesus is the center of our life together. When he said, I am the bread of life, he's saying, everybody can gather together around me. Now, when you gather around Jesus, Jesus is the point of real fellowship. Jesus is the point of where we have real connections with one another. Jesus is the point where we can get together from across cultures, across disciplines, and have genuine fellowship with one another. I'm so glad that City Temple is not some light-skinned, middle-class English gathering. No, no offense to anybody who's light-skinned, middle-class English. Uh, but we, we embrace people from everywhere because that's, we're fellowshipping around Jesus. He's the one who gives us that unity together. But final thing is that in order for any of this to have effect, if order, in order for any of this to become reality in our lives, you know, to have the foundation of real life, to be able to build the good life on our relationship with Jesus, to uh, be able to connect with people from every culture, to be able to fellowship around Jesus, we have to consume Jesus. Now, what happens when you eat bread? You take bread inside of you, and it becomes part of you. Bread doesn't, you know, you can't bread does not benefit you unless you consume it, unless you digest it, unless the nutrients that are the reality from it flow into your body. It has it has no value to you. In the same way, Jesus has no value unless you unite yourself with him fully. Unless you willingly embrace him with all you are, and say, Jesus, come and fill me with yourself. Now, obviously, we know that this doesn't happen in a physical way, it happens in a spiritual way. But we have to be willing to say, Jesus, I want you to become fully united with me. Just like the bread that I'm going to eat for lunch, if you haven't had lunch already, the bread I'm going to eat for lunch becomes fully united with my body. I want you as my Lord, as my Savior to become fully united with me. And when Jesus is fully united with us, when we consume him, if we will, when we take him in and say, yes, you can come and have me, I surrender myself to you, that is when the truth about who Jesus is as the bread of life becomes vitalized in us so that we begin to experience all of those benefits and we can live out of that reality. Let's pray. Gracious God, we love you, we honor you, we worship you, and we thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Jesus, thank you that you are the bread of life. Lord, as we reflect on this in the, the coming days and week, let us go deeper into understanding what all this means and what it means to eat you as the bread of life, to consume you so that you might consume us.